self-employed. Yes, folks, it's Thursday, November 1st, 2018, 4 p.m. Central. I'm Fred McMurray. This is the Pillars of Franchising, broadcasting the secrets of success in franchising. And my co-host is Ray Pillar. Ray, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I am Speak up a bit, Ray. North Carolina. And... Uh, had a wonderful three days here. It is, I mean, the sun was out, the weather was perfect, and it's, but it's raining now. So I think it's going to taper off a little later on, hopefully. But uh, it's a good time to do a radio show. Okay. So one thing, you're sounding a bit faint from your mic, so get a bit closer to it, if you uh, would. How's that? Uh, that's that's better. better, my friend. So... Uh, got some good news and bad news. Um, on the good news front, the uh, Great American Franchise Expo is coming up on the 10th of November in uh, North Carol- Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, I and Michelle Rimple and uh, Ryan Rimple will be down at the International Franchise Ex- West Coast Expo tomorrow in L.A. Those are the good news. Um, the bad news is that the co-founder of the Link Local Network, my friend Mike Bowler, who's the, the guy who did the first radio show ever on the Link Local Network, uh, his body was found. Um, Mike was 63, um, and he was found uh, in the wilderness by the uh, reservoir by his house. Uh, we're we, I personally am very, very saddened by this. Um, there is going to be a memorial service in Wagner, Illinois, the first week of December. Uh, the family's still working out the details, but if you listen to the show or uh, I'll post it on pillarsoffranchising.com uh, if you want to be at the funeral service. Um, we miss you, Mike, and without you, we wouldn't be broadcasting today. <sighs> Rest in peace, Mike. Uh, so, Ray, how's the weather where you are? Well, my sympathies, my sympathies go out to uh, Mike's family, and uh, I'll keep them in my prayers as well. Please do. It's 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 it, for me. It's been kind of hard because uh, when Mike went missing, I was the one who. I guess you could say organize the uh, screaming in social media. And so now that they found him, his body, now I'm getting the multiple thousands of people who heard my primal scream coming back to me. So I get to relive it every day. Aren't we lucky? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Mike would want us to go on with the show. Um, and because of him, we've, uh, Link Local Network's broadcast over 1,200 shows in the last seven years, I think. And because of Mike wow. and that show, you and I met, and you and I are now on the radio yeah. together. So isn't that wild? That's fantastic. Yeah. So who's our fantastic. guest today, Ray? Our guest is Rebecca Monet. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Ray. Hi, Ray. Hi, Fred. I'm so glad to be here. It's going to be fun. So who are you? So since Ray always likes to go with minim, minimalist intros, um, he's become world famous for that now. What company are you <laughs> with, with, Rebecca? 
I'm a minimalist too. If you only saw my house. So I'm with Zorical Profiles. Uh, we provide profiling tools for franchisors and franchise brokers. Uh, the tools help brokers engage and align buyers with businesses where the buyers have the greatest likelihood of success. And then our franchise companies use our profiling tools, um, and ultimately they boast uh, faster franchisee ramp-up time, uh, better validation, and ultimately what we all want, which is better performance and greater retention of our franchisees. Ray, you got a question or should I ask the first one? Go ahead. Uh, get the first question. I'm still fooling around with my headset here. Uh, <laughs> he's fighting off his two dogs, pillars and franchising. Um, I love so. it. Zorical profiles. That's not like Oracle, as in Oracle the software. It's like or- Oracle with a Z in front of it, right? Oh, you know what? It's so interesting because the name Zorical uh, is sort of a combination of two things. It's the word Zor, Z-O-R, which refers to our franchise Zors, right? In our world, we just call them Zors and Zs, and then this term. Oracle, which has to do with predicting, seeing the future, finding measurements that allows us to see the future. So the word Oracle, the name Zorical, came together um, simply because we work with franchisors and franchisees and franchise brokers, and we want to help provide tools that predict how well someone is going to do and how well someone's going to fit within a franchise system. So I, I love the word Oracle, and, of course, it worked out perfectly, and that's where the name came from. So you really are profiling people, um, and and that's considered in a good way, not in a bad police ACLU <laughs> way, but you, you literally profile people for franchisors and uh, brokers, correct? Exactly. Exactly. That's what we do. We use psychographics to take a deep dive into the hearts and into the minds of prospective franchisees as well as current franchisees. And we're looking at those psychographics uh, to, to, to determine what markers are causing things like faster ramp up of a franchisee or what psychographic markers are causing a franchisee to fit really well within this franchise system or within this culture and other franchisees not fit well. We're also looking at the psychographic um, markers as it relates to why are some franchisees just naturally happy within an organization, but you put them in another organization, they're dissatisfied, they're a squeaky wheel. And also we're looking at psychographic markers as it relates to retention, what uh, within that prospective franchisee allows them to hang in there with that franchisor as that franchisor evolves and changes and grows, what allows them uh, to stay in there. And also we're looking at the psychographic markers of what causes someone to embrace systems and why can I embrace these but not these others? What about me as a prospective franchisee or a current franchisee allows me to accept that leadership, accept those systems, and then, uh, you know, leverage them to build 
a business. And then my neighbor, another franchisee, uh, can't seem to accept that, can't seem to embrace that, is not having fun building that business. So we're looking at that human element of what makes a franchisee within a franchise system successful. So to be clear, so (laughs) one thing, to be clear, you're talking about psychographic with a G and not psychopathic with a P. I love your sense of humor. Yes, that's exactly right. We're talking about psychographic. Is there there a difference? (laughs) Thank you, Ray. (laughs) Specifically, (laughs) we're talking about... Personality, person, personal, uh, personality attributes of an individual. Is that correct? So we're talking. Yes, in in part, we're talking about uh, personality attributes. Now, just to be clear, Zorical as a whole is anti-personality test, in large part because less than a three, there's less than a three percent correlation between someone's personality, I'm an extrovert, I'm an introvert, I'm intuitive, I'm a thinker, all of those things, there's less than a 3% correlation between someone's personality and ultimately how well they're going to perform. And our franchisors want to know, I just don't want to get along with this person, I want this person to do well. So even though our tools include an element of personality, we call it a work style, built on uh, William Marston's work, we actually use what we call a meta-analysis approach. It's seven different sciences in a single assessment, and then each of those sciences bring some revelation about that prospective franchisee or current franchisee that gives us a deeper insight besides just his personality because that doesn't give us enough to know if this person's going to perform and if they're going to perform within that particular franchise system. So we want more data than that. That sounds fascinating because uh, I have, I don't know, I guess a negative bias towards personality tests (laughs) because I think everybody has an individual personality and in some cases what could be considered negative is, is, uh, can like like Fred for instance you know <laughs> his personality could be you know considered negative but he's a, he's a, he's an okay guy most most yeah. of the time okay. so what what Ooh, <laughs> so, it's going to be one of those days <laughs> so, what you know besides the uh, normal personality traits that you know are on a the type of test, what kind of markers are you looking for? So we use seven sciences. So one is, as we pointed out, a, a personality trait, which measures what we measure in any personality trait: introversion, extroversion, people orientation, task orientation, big picture, small picture. All of those markers that any good personality test will assess. But we also include work from Stanford Research Institute, a study that they did on values, what drives, what motivates, what's important, what values do we hold close and dear to our hearts, and how do we then express them within a business. 
more importantly, what business do I need to select where I can express that? So as long as a franchisor and a franchisee have similar values, um, we're going to protect the brand equity because we're giving a single message. But we also have a basis of understanding each other because we have similar values and similar beliefs. So that's one science. The second science that we uh, use is a cultural fit science that comes out of the University of Michigan study, and it looks at the best practices of a franchisor in part that's around our values, right, because we want to have our brand express those values, that mission, uh, but it's also around the best practices and what's being uh, rewarded. So. What is the culture of that franchise organization? And then we want to look at the prospective franchisee. What culture does he or she fit in? I don't know about you guys, but I've had jobs where I was just not a cultural, <laughs> cultural fit. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't them. It wasn't me. It was just we just didn't belong together, that, that company and I. And then the third piece of science is a stages of growth science. It's Neil Churchill's. Uh, work and it basically looks at the evolution of a franchise system. Every company goes through predictable stages of growth, and within each stage of growth, there are predictable challenges and crises that a franchisor is going to incur leadership crises, innovation crises, autonomy crises that will happen. And depending on where that franchisee or prospective franchisee scores, he or she belongs in various stages of growth of a franchise organization. A small, dynamic, early stage one franchise system is a different franchise system than a more um, established legacy brand, as an example. And so two different kinds of franchisees. So that's the third piece of science. We talked about the personality uh, piece. Then we use some work out of Gallup, uh, the strength uh, finders methodology, where we look at the strengths of the prospective franchisee or current franchisee, and we align those strengths with a core competency, uh, things like technical skills, operational and finance skills, sales and marketing skills, and we, we score uh, those. And then the three other uh, components of the assessment include emotional and social intelligence, which I have an incredible passion for because I'm learning more and more and more from my franchisors about how those markers, a single point off in one of those markers, can dramatically affect the financial performance of a franchisee. So the emotional and social intelligence markers are, are incredible, as well as our final marker, which is something called the focus preference. Um, this is Dr. Nedford's work, and it has to do with the ability of an individual to move from one part of their business, dealing with an employee issue, then going to strategic planning, then calling a vendor, then getting out and knocking on doors and doing some sales, being able to move effortlessly without making any kind of uh, error. So we combine all of those sciences in this single process, a single uh, tool that gives us a much clearer picture um, of that prospective franchisee and a much better idea how well they're going to do within a particular franchise system long term. I find that fascinating because uh, I, when evaluating a potential employee, especially uh, an office employee, I, I put an awful lot of weight on emotional and social intelligence. 
what uh, uh, weight do you put on? Uh, I think you mentioned four or five different uh, uh, items to me. What weight do you place on some of these uh, other items, such as the, the values and the culture and the stages of growth and strengths and things like that? It sounds like you have a scientific mind, so that's a great question. Because each of these sciences individually are powerful. Together they're more powerful. But to your point, uh, in some cases the values are more important and the culture is more important or the skill sets are more important. Um, and then in some organizations, those pieces aren't as important, and the EQ and SQ, the emotional and social intelligence, is more important, which is why our research is so uh, important to our franchisors. Each franchise system is unique. It is a living, breathing, ever-changing organism, and um, so we have to measure what's important at that particular uh, time. You know, I can tell you we did a what we call a top performer blueprint on a faith-based auto uh, business, Christian Brothers specifically, a few years ago. And because they have such a button-down culture and a clear value proposition and their marketing is very consistent of who they bring in and who they attract, they're doing a beautiful job. They're doing a beautiful job of this is the exact talents and skills. So we couldn't really bring a whole lot to the table in that case. They were already doing a great job. But where we got to better understand them was in the EQSQ you know, this was a business that required a lot of social interaction with customers um, as they built commercial businesses. Uh, they were also dealing with employees and technicians and, and clients. So it was the EQSQ that was really important for that particular concept. But other concepts, it could be something else. So it's a moving target, and it depends on the franchisor, and it also depends on where they are in their evolution. If it's a baby franchisor, if it's an emerging franchisor, they're still working on their culture, right? They're still kind of figuring out who they are as an identity. And so the biggest piece that could affect performance is simply identifying what that is. And that can change from the start of the franchise uh, toward yes. as it uh, progresses and becomes um, more mature, so to speak. And uh, excellent point. I, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I, I find uh, it is extremely important to have that the, the culture and the values and the as you say EQSQ. And it creates a symbiotic relationship between, uh, in my case at least, uh, the managers. Uh, they pretty much know what each one of uh, the other is thinking and, and able mm -hmm. to manage the operation with extreme efficiency. Right. And I like that you use the word efficient because what, that's exactly what happens, and that's what – creates ultimately the profitability. We're, it's not like two oxen that are going different directions, right? So they are, they are yoked together in values. They are yoked together in culture. They are yoked together in best practices, and they complement each other's uh, skills, and they work synergistically and more efficiently because they are in harmony uh, that way we can't be going different directions. So it does create greater efficiencies, which ultimately creates greater profitability. 
And so, yes, Ray. Uh, wait. You know what time? I know it you're is. anxious. You're biting. You're biting. Oh, is it that time? Oh, it's that time. <laughs> that time. All it's right, that. Fred, do your thing. I'll do my thing, Ray. So we want to thank the Link Local Network for broadcasting our show. We want to remind callers that they can, or listeners, they can call in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. Or they can submit questions via the pillarsoffranchising.com website. And now a brief word from one of our sponsors. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest-reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. And we're back, and I want to say to the people that are browsing the website right now, we are watching the chat, so if you've got a question, please chat away. Ray, take it away. Okay, so Rebecca, so we have a, a pretty good idea what Zoracle is about, so tell us a little about Spot on Profile. So the Spot on Profile is a questionnaire based on the seven sciences that we uh, spoke about. It uh, takes the prospective franchisee about uh, 15 minutes max to get through the questionnaire. And then a report goes directly to the franchisor or the franchise broker. Um, it, there's also a report that goes to the prospective franchisee. The purpose of the report going to the prospective franchisee is to give them some insight into themselves. It builds confidence. We have found over the years that one of the number one questions that a prospective franchisee is asking unconsciously oftentimes is, do I have what it takes to be a business owner? So the tool answers that question um, and then leads them to realize that, yes, I do, or maybe I don't, um, but either way, I'm going to need the help of someone to, to determine which business is the right one for me. A franchisor that's using the tool will introduce it to a prospective franchisee or a franchise broker that's using the tool will introduce it as part of their uh, process. And then, of course, it, it, it um, causes greater engagement between the franchisor and the prospective franchisee. Um, and then the franchisor on the back end, if they've done the research uh, with us where we truly understand what their high, how their high performers are different than their mid-performers and their low performers, from a psychographic perspective, the franchisor also receives a spot-on eclipse report, which categorically compares the prospective franchisee against the high performers and lets the franchisor know um, statistically where this person fits and where there might be some coaching or training opportunities so in 15 minutes that seems short for such an extensive <laughs> test yeah yeah um, 
I agree. I do. Ha- I, I have a, a question. This is, uh, I, I guess, a personal question. How much do you find, or have you been able to detect, is genetic uh, as far as a business owner is concerned? Oh my goodness, that that conversation, that thought, is yeah, it? Are we? You know what I'm saying? This? Are we born this way, or or do we become this way? Kind of that nurture nature piece. Um, mm-hmm. it, we can argue one direction or another, but I can tell you where I've come up with is it's both. It, it really is yep. both. And I think in business more the nurture side. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. someone is born a salesperson. I don't think somebody's born an entrepreneur. I don't think someone is born an inventor. Um, I, I, especially in franchising, when, when our job is to provide a system or a process there's this interdependent relationship. So how well that franchisee is able to express himself and build a business is fully and completely dependent on that relationship and the ability to embrace what that franchisor has placed forward. So, so that's that nurture part. That's that external part. Um, and therefore, it's even more important that that franchisee be able to say, ah, that's a system where I trust the leadership. I appreciate the best practices. Um, their values are in alignment with, with me, and, and they can embrace uh, that. But I think we're until the cows come home, we're going to have that same, is it nature or nurture, but I truly believe it's both, and that, that the more we learn, the more we grow, the more we push ourselves, the nurture piece has a greater influence. It can overcome just about any negative that we were born with or attribute or character trait that is a weakness within us, we can overcome those simply by uh, committing to it and being tenacious to overcome those weaknesses. So uh, you're, think- saying, you're saying the cows left? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Um, however, you forgot rather- to close the barn door, Fred. Uh, barn? I'm on the ocean. What do I need a barn for? I mean, really. The kayak barn. Okay, so, um, we, we'll, we'll drop that question. And Phil from uh, Phil, who is on the uh, Pillars franchise, asks question, the question of how does Zorical Profiles help out with my franchise lead generation? Um. Well, there's some ways that the tool can be used as a lead generation. To me, there's two components of that. One is that let's just generate leads, right? So the link can be put on a Facebook or on LinkedIn or an article that somebody has written, and it, you know, something to the effect of what culture of an organization do you belong in or do you have what it takes to be a franchisee? Take this assessment now. So many of our clients use it as a lead generation uh, tools. Our brokers uh, in particular do, and we have several franchisors. Um, Budget Blinds does a great job of this. Care Patrol does a great job of this, where they do use it as a lead generation tool. Do you fit within our organization? And they use it in their social media. But I think there's a second part of that question, which is um, once you understand what makes your high performer, 
from a psychographic perspective, you now better understand what their values are, what their beliefs are, um, what they're attracted to, and you know better how to communicate with them. You know the colors to use, the messaging to use, the fonts to use, what to do on that website. So by better understanding that ideal high-performing franchisee, you end up going fishing, you know, with a pole, getting that, that handful of franchisees that are a perfect fit and are going to do well and going to say yes to you rather than casting a net out there to capture every person and then having to go through hundreds of leads wherein they are not a good fit and your development team is going, I'm tired of dialing and getting people that are just not right for us. They don't have these attributes. So by better understanding what makes your ideal uh, franchisee, you can then also understand um, better how to communicate with them. All the way down to adjectives to use. You're saying fishing pole to use a fishing pole and not a stick of dynamite. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. It's more carnage than the other one. What kind, of, what kind of fishing pole or how much dynamite to use? <laughs> so then follow-up follow up question from Phil is, um, does Oracle Profiles only work with large franchise ors or will it work with smaller ones? And given that one of the two you mentioned seemed that like – they were kind of smaller one. I'm going to say it probably goes from small to large, but I'll let you answer, Phil. So we work with both. Um, initially, uh, we worked with almost exclusively mid to large franchisors. They would come and find us when they were in trouble, when they were having litigation uh, problems with an unhappy franchisee, or they were having retention problems, or their franchisees weren't performing uh, well, then all of a sudden they go, well, wait a second, maybe there's a human element. Maybe a, our systems are good. Uh, we've chosen the perfect marketplace. We've even, if we're location-based, found the right corner to put that store on, but it's not doing well. Maybe it is the human element. Maybe it is that franchisee. So early on, it was larger franchisors that would uh, hunt us down to help look at that human element, the franchisee uh, element. Uh, in the last six to eight years, we're finding that our more mature franchisors are talking to those new franchisors. We've got to give a lot of credit to the IFA for this and the mentoring programs they have uh, helping our smaller franchisors. So we're getting a lot of uh, baby zors, I call them, emerging franchisors that know those first few franchisees are paramount to the growth. It becomes a foundation. We make mistakes with those first few franchisees. It's hard to recover uh, after that. So we, we work with any size franchise system to do modeling, franchisee modeling, high performance modeling. Um, obviously, when we have a bigger franchisor, we have more data points. We have more franchisees we can look at. With a franchise, a franchisor that's smaller, we have fewer data points. Um, and we have to go outside sometimes and do some modeling, but we ultimately come back with the ideal uh, franchisee candidate for them. Okay, so then one quick question, then I'll let Ray talk a bit more. Um, when you say small, medium-sized, large franchisor, 
uh, what explain, I guess, or give us a range. What's a small franchisor? What's a medium franchisor? What's a large franchisor? Yeah. Um, we measure it more by stage of growth. So stage, stage one, we would consider a franchise or with less than 30 units. We would call that a stage one entrepreneurial franchise system. A stage two would be a franchise or it's about 30 to 70 uh, units, maybe up to 100, but usually somewhere about 30 to 70. And then the stage three is about 100 units where it's truly kind of plug and play, things are ironed out. And most franchisors will sort of hover, you know, in that one to 300 franchisees. We have seen some franchise um, systems hover in three for a long time and can be as big as, you know, 400, 500 franchises before they move to what we call a stage four. And it's not just size. It's also based on managerial uh, style, organizational structure, initiatives, how involved the concept of originator still is, those kinds of things. But a stage four is what we call uh, an empire business. This is usually the three largest brands within a particular vertical. They are usually publicly traded, not always, um, but they are um, larger organizations. And then a stage five is usually a stage, a stage four company that's either broken up into smaller factions uh, to get back some of that entrepreneurial spirit, like what we saw with Sendent in 2005, where they sort of broke up into smaller organizations to get back in touch with the end user. Um, or their organizations, like we see with Dwyer Group, which is now uh, Neighborly, where it's a umbrella brand with um, various size organizations underneath it, or outdoor living, or uh, some other concepts that we we see. So, you know, those are kind of the numbers that we look at. And as you know, most of our franchisors um, are in that stage one, two, or three. Um, very few make it into the stage four and five. Okay. And on that, I'll turn it over to you, Ray, in a second, but you know it's that time again. Um, we want to thank oh. the Link Local Network for uh, – yeah, I know, caught you there before you could get it. want to thank the Link Local Network for broadcasting our show each week. Uh, as a reminder, you can ask questions on the PillarsofFranchising.com website, or you can call in to 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. Ray, back to you, my friend. So uh, it, it appears that oh, you're working sorry. Wait, with all the elements. Stop, stop, sorry. Um, forgot the mm, – yeah, I'm getting, I was so looking forward to talking to the next caller. Um, our last sponsor break. Sorry. Here we go. Okay. Hey, franchise owners. Does the marketing that corporate provides for your franchise go far enough? Do you struggle to get local clients to call or come through your door? At Mediavine Marketing, we love working with franchises like yours to personalize and localize your marketing efforts through social media sites like Facebook or Instagram, in emails to your current and past customers, with Facebook or Google ads, and whiteboard animation videos. Contact Mediavine Marketing today at 805-265-5440 or go to mediavinemarketing.com. That's 805-265-5440. Mediavine Marketing. We know franchises and we want to help yours grow. Okay, now you can take it away, Ray. 
Okay. So it appears that, uh, Rebecca, you work with all all the elements in the franchise system, the franchisor, the franchisee, the brokers, and, and you've been doing this for a very long time. So over all those years, um, you probably have a pretty good handle on the changes that have appeared in the system and in your, your experience with them and, and, and what significant changes have happened in, uh, in the franchise system. Had you asked me this question a year ago um, or even a few years ago, I would have said the biggest difference is that franchisors are paying more attention to that franchisee-franchisor fit. But i got to tell you, more recently, um, the biggest changes I'm starting to see by looking at the statistics, again, keep in mind we're doing thousands of reports, um, assessments a year on various franchise concepts, and um, so we get to look at a lot of data. And the thing that we're noticing that is dramatic is some um, generational changes. We're noticing certain emotional and social intelligence numbers of prospective franchisees and current franchisees are changing and dropping. And they're actually starting to cause some concerns for me. So let me give you an example. Some of the numbers that we're seeing drop are around things like commitment, uh, the baby boomer generation versus the X generation versus the millennial. And even now we're seeing the Generation Z coming on board. We're seeing commitment levels by franchisees starting to drop. Their scores are dropping. Initiative levels, the ability to uh, do what needs to be done day in and day out, even though it bores me, even though I'm scared, even though I don't have the confidence to do so. So initiative is a form of courage and confidence to do what you need to do. So we're seeing generation after generation slow decline in franchisee initiative. Another uh, area that we're seeing numbers start to drop, and I think we need to be concerned about this as franchisors, is um, what I call grit, perseverance, resilience, the ability to be self-disciplined. So that grit, that tenacity that uh, older generations had, the, the generations you know, since are X, are millennial, and now are Z, are scoring lo- lower in these areas. They don't have that same grit or perseverance. They don't have the same initiative and drive. They don't have that same commitment uh, levels. And I think if this is going to cause some challenges with our franchisors, uh, and I think it's also going to cause some uh, challenges uh, with um, the cost that a franchisor is going uh, to incur simply having a franchisee that doesn't make the same kind of commitment. They're not as loyal. They don't uh, re-up after their 10 years. They don't stick with a plan or they don't make that phone call or go to that networking event. They don't have that same um, ability to initiate. They are more risk-averse socially, not financially, but socially more uh, risk-averse. They don't have the bounce back after rejection or an obstacle uh, gets in the way. And 
what I'm starting to see is how that's affecting our franchisors where they're having to step it up, right? They're having to offload some of the responsibilities that once was considered what a franchisee would do, the franchisor is taking on, setting up those appointments because the franchisee doesn't have the courage to make that phone call, you know. Uh, so there's, there's this problem, I think, that we're going to see uh, down the road simply because of these generational uh, differences and these emotional and social intelligence scores uh, starting to drop. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I, I think uh, – uh, go ahead, Fred. Well, no, I was going to say, you got one more question, Ray, and then we got a caller that has a question. We're hitting them okay. all over the place uh, now. They're coming yeah, in from good. the websites and coming into the phones. Uh, <laughs> go, all, all the uh, uh, things that you mentioned, the commitment, initiative, and grit, they all kind of, they fit in the same bucket. And is, can you tie that directly to youth? Uh, or, or the younger generations? So, uh, yes. The, the, the numbers that we are measuring, we collect, obviously, age when we run these uh, assessments. And we are seeing that the baby boomer age uh, seems to have these scores higher in these areas, initiative, commitment, perseverance, social you know social awareness those kinds of markers they're scoring a little higher and then the generation which i think is highly underserved uh this generation x uh is um the numbers are dropping a little bit and then the next generation it's dropping a little bit more and then the next generation uh even though it's fewer people that we had to measure um it's dropping again so it's not so much youth as it is generational uh, things that we are starting to, to notice. So what we're noticing is um, that the these last couple of generations, the millennial as well as the Generation X, again, I think Generation X is highly underutilized. I think there's a massive amount of potential there that our franchisors are not seeing or should be seeing. Uh, but what we're seeing is they as a whole are uh, more emotionally aware. They understand their emotions, and they know how those emotions are affecting their thinking and their behavior and their performance, but they have less self-control. They don't know how to stop those thoughts. They don't know how to stop those emotions or have it then affect their behavior. So they have less self-control and they have less courage because this, these emotions and these thoughts are controlling them, and then they have less grit. So all of a sudden we have the last couple of generations that is much more emotionally aware but much less in control, and it's beginning to affect their ability to run uh, the day-to-day -day operations of a business. The other area, and this is kind of a broad area, is they also tend to score higher. Generation X, Millennial, and even disease are scoring higher in social awareness. Social awareness is the ability to detect um, crucial social networks and the power relationships. Who's the ba big baboon? kind of guy, they understand networks, they understand who's in control, but they lack the social skills such as communication, empathy, 
uh, conflict management, and even the ability to collaborate and build teams. So they are aware of, uh, uh, you know, kind of where the structures are and the social networks are, and they're much more alert than the generations before. But they have less skills to deal with it and to uh, exploit that opportunity of the gift they have, then they also have this weakness. Great. Just what we need more alerts. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) Okay. On that note, since I I got that last one, let's bring our caller on to ask a question. Caller, who are you? Uh, this is Holly Ford. Um, I'm founder of Zarian Firm. We focus on franchise resales and business resales and connecting, you know, good buyers and sellers. And I am a huge fan of Rebecca's work. I've used uh, her profile tool in, in um, helping, you know, the prospective buyers that I deal with to really identify some of the strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I do have a very specific question for Rebecca. Um, she talked a lot about um, the assistance she gives to the franchisors. Um, we, uh, our business also helps um, franchisors or, or businesses become franchisors. Um, so, so understanding maybe a little bit more detail in um, how you um, use those metrics to really help um, that franchisor develop um, a better sales process would be um, really interesting. I know you've touched on it, but you know the specific attributes and, and how that how how you assess that and measure that. Well, here's the problem with your question. One, you didn't say you were a big fan of the show. You said you're a big fan of Rebecca. So I don't know if we're gonna let you. Okay, no, you can go ahead. And admit. So for all callers, if I'm you ever a want big your question, fan of pillars of franchising. See. That's what you got to say, without, you know, not to get crap from me. You're a big fan of Pillars of Franchise. So, thank you, Rebecca. We're going to have you on again because you hit that one, whereas Holly did not. So, uh, well, we'll be nice and let Holly uh, have her question answered. Go ahead, Rebecca. <laughs> so, so uh, great question, Holly. So franchisors really want to be able to model who their ideal Uh, franchisee is. And the way that we do that is we initially meet with the executive team of the franchise system and we set some standards and benchmarks in place. These are ideals, measurements they're already using, revenue of that franchisee, year-over-year growth, profitability, pays his royalties, whatever Um, measures they're already using, customer satisfaction scores, whatever it is, they give us what those standards and benchmarks are. Then we give the franchisor a link um, that is branded with their colors and their logo, et cetera, and they share it with their current franchisees. As many franchisees as we can, we ask them to take the assessment. Once we gather the data, then the franchisor looks at um, the names of those franchisees and separates them into categories. Those that meet our ideals, the standards and benchmarks, these are our high performers. The mid performers, the low performers, those that we don't want to replicate or we want to understand better so we don't get more of them. 
uh, once we have that data, then we begin to look at the corollaries. How is group A, our high performers, group, uh, different than group B and group C in each of these seven <laughs> sciences? In some cases, one science will tell us nothing. In other cases, you know, every one of the sciences will tell us something about why that high performer is doing so well and our mid performer and our low performer not so much. So once we have that data, then we give to the franchise what's called a top performer blueprint. Uh, that is the actual statistics and the blueprint of this is who your ideal candidate is, this is who you're going to be looking for. Um, and then going forward, we um, write custom algorithms, different for every franchise system, wherein a prospective franchisee takes that same assessment and those custom algorithms will compare that prospect to the high-performing algorithms that have been written. And the franchisor gets a report that, um, it's called the Eclipse Report, that instantly tells them thumbs up, thumbs down, um, and also some coaching uh, opportunities that that prospective franchisee has. So that's the whole process. Uh, Again, I'd like to follow up, Rebecca. Did, when when you meet with somebody who's just beginning their steps, or do you recommend they um, a franchising their concept? Do you recommend that they um, wait, you know, a year or two before they they engage you, or do you are there things that you can do to help um, brand new franchisors to develop their systems and processes um, with development and, and selection? So I used to say wait. And I, I regret that I used to say that. Now I say the earlier the better. Now we don't have the same data points, Holly, that we may have had when you know they had 20 units, 50 units, 100 units, uh, et cetera. But we do have some solid data points. We have leadership. And we can also assess their stage of growth and the initiatives and their value package. So once we understand who the leadership is and what the value package is and what the stage of growth is, we can build a model based on that because those first franchisees need to complement that leadership team. We don't want a franchisee, for example, to score higher in leadership than the franchisor, as an example, because then we have a power struggle. We have those first few franchisees coming in that they think they know uh, everything, and all of a sudden the franchisor is accommodating the direction that the franchisees are creating. Uh, so we always look at the leadership team um, and, of course, uh, the value package and their stage of growth. If necessary, uh, because we've been doing this now for many, many years, we can go out and look at similar uh, business models and do some modeling and use the data from that to, to combine. Uh, so we recommend you know, some modeling as, as soon as a franchisor can possibly uh, do it. It's going to change, right? It's going to change as they grow, as they evolve, and then we want to look at those franchisees and, and fine-tune those algorithms. Uh, but let's at least get an 80-20, right? Let's get them 80% there, then we can fine-tune that 20% over the next few years. Mm, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the question. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, next time, remember who to say you like best. <laughs> <laughs> and we put her back on mute. So we're running out. Starting to run out of time. Ray, what's your last question for Rebecca? We're gonna to have to have her back, or maybe we can have Rebecca oh, do like a, a monthly short segment, you know, three to five minute what she's learned each month. 
but we'll talk about talk of that to Re- Rebecca later. Oh, that um, would be fun. What's your last question, Ray? So I think uh, what, what causes someone to be a fit or a misfit within a business? <laughs> Just give me uh, the, the short version of that. You know, can can you can you uh, you know put that into a, a, a couple of sentences? Or a couple of barks. Now, what co- yeah, a couple of barks <laughs> for sure. So what makes someone a, a great fit is when they share the franchisor's values. When they fit within the stage of growth of that franchise organization and when they can embrace that culture and then if they can comply and leverage and respect the systems the franchisor has had and then finally, if their skill sets, and keep in mind this is finally, this isn't the most important, if their skill sets complement the franchisor's strategic plan and value package. We want them strong where the franchisor is weak and, and vice versa. So they're a fit when they have those uh, five things. But ironically, fit is different from franchise system to franchise system, but at minimum, they need to share values, share stage of growth, share the culture, leverage and comply and, and appreciate the systems and have complementary skill sets. And that, again, is different from franchise system to franchise system. Awesome. All right. So then my last question is, how do people get a hold of you? Besides finding your bio on the PillarsOfFranchising.com website. How do people get a hold of you? Yeah, thank you, by the way, for putting that up. It's fabulous. You need more um, content but, there, but that's <laughs> I I'm also appreciate you. that you put my skinny picture up there. I really appreciate that, Fred. So, um, <laughs> the best uh, way I think to I get hold ruined. of us... Go ahead. The best way is uh, directly through our website, uh, zorkaprofiles.com, or you can reach out directly to me at rebecca at zorkal.net would be the easiest way uh, to get hold of us. Awesome. Ray, any last words of wisdom? I find this uh, very fascinating. I like the whole idea of looking at it from a more analytical view than than just a gut feeling. Well, I got to say, I like, you know, being able to measure psychopath, I mean, uh, psychographic um, things, although it'd be pretty cool to measure the psychopathic ones, too. The only problem I see yeah. is, you know, it, it, it becomes a little, you know, I don't know why I use the word creepy, but. <laughs> well, what you know the old what I mean. songs say, you just mean it may just be a lunatic you're looking for. Um, so with that yeah. one, folks, we'll <laughs> end the show today. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Rebecca Monet of Zorical Profiles uh, for uh, coming on the show and being highly educational and highly entertaining. I want to thank our callers as well as those who are listening on the web and Um, bombarding us with questions. We'll be back next week at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific, which is getting out to be a whole lot to say. Uh, If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can fill out the form on uh, 
if you can you can fill out the form on the Pillars of Franchising website, and if you understand which question is funny and you can supply the correct picture for it, we'll send you a Starbucks coffee card. This is Fred McMurray and Ray Pillar saying we'll broadcast more successful franchise tips next week. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Thank you.